0: Hey there, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. We have got a new series starting today. It's called Make Room. That's how we're gonna start our January. Uh, So why don't you clap, why don't you shout as Lisa comes to share the words today. Let's do it. Amazing, amazing. Good morning, just about everybody. Are we all good? It is so good to be back in the room uh, for this new series called Make Room make room. We're going to work out how many jokes we can make about making room this morning. We made room at the front. There's a bit more space than usual and I think that we're going to be really uh, using that phrase all the time and annoying ourselves of oh we're going to make room Uh, but we want these words to be on our lips as we go into the new year we want it to be in the front of our mind that this year is a year of making room for what God wants to do. Christmas was amazing. Uh, I had a great time. I ate way too much. Um, I sat around quite a lot and did mum things that you have to do at Christmas and uh, Christmas is amazing. I love it. I love all the decorations. I love all the stuff but boy does it feel good when you put it all away. (laughs) Like I, I don't know about you but I was itching to get the decorations down and put them away. Has anybody still got decorations up? Oh, you do. You do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're you're real Christmas people. I I was like itching. I was like, I can't do it on New Year's Eve. I'm going to have to wait until New Year's Day. But that moment, it's like I woke up one morning. I was like, the decorations must be gone. I must uh, put them away. And uh, does anybody else take it a step further though? When you take the Christmas decorations down, does it like spark some sort of like, I must declutter my life. Rachel's with me, Paula's with Oh my goodness. I'm like, the kids are like, you can't take that mummy. It belongs to me. I'm like, but I don't want it in here anymore. They're like, Liam's duct taping things down to the ground because I'm like on this one woman mission to declutter the house. I'm just like... Like I get into this this space where I'm like, I must declutter. But then I get to the point where I've like got everything out. And then I'm like, what am I going to do with it now? You know, that midway point of decluttering your life. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? And uh, in the next few months at the beginning of this year, it, I feel like God is inviting us into a moment to declutter some of our thoughts, some of our attitudes, some of our actions, some of our fears, some of our feelings, and, and our focuses, where our focus is this year, that God is inviting us into this moment where He's saying to "Make room for me." The wonderful thing is that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, when you're filled with His Spirit, you take God everywhere with you. But sometimes we also have to recognise in these moments that actually I need to physically make room for you God. I'm so thankful that he says he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. So he is always with me. Sometimes it's like a focused thing within me where I have to go, God, I want to afresh make room for you and what you want to do, as that song says. I want to make room for you. And I believe, um, like I'm really excited about what God is going to do in us and through us this year. I believe he's going to do stuff in us and through us as we make room for him to move in our lives. I believe that he's calling the Christian to step forward in faith and he's calling the curious to cross over and come closer to him. Like I really believe that if there are curious people in your world who haven't quite worked out what it means to be a follower of Jesus yet, I want you to pray with further for them because I believe that this is a moment where curious people are going to cross over and move into closeness with God. And as Christians, I believe that he is afresh inviting us not just to, to have a faith but to step forward in faith. Like, we're going to stretch some muscles this year, church. We're going to step forward in faith. Um, And I, I, like... This is not going to be like a cliche New Year, New Me message, okay? You know, sometimes churches can get into a rhythm of like, well, it's the New Year, so we need to do some sort of like, you know, New Year message. And I don't want you to switch off this morning that this is just another New Year, New Me message. Uh, Because I I realised something as I was reading... I'm going to try and read the Bible in a year um, this year. And in Genesis 1.14, something just struck me as I was reading. And it says this. It's, It's the story of creation if you want to read it for yourself. But there's this one phrase and it says this. And God said "Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, the days and the years. Like I've always thought that like it's like a man-made thing to get excited about the new year and going into a new season. And here God is right at the beginning of creation saying, I'm going to put lights in the sky and otherwise the sun and the moon and and those things are going to help us take note of sacred times and the turning of the days and the turning of the years. And I was like... Oh, I'm okay to be excited about the fact that it's the turning of a year. Like God has got something new for us. I believe that God is a appointed time for the purpose of appointed times. And I believe that this year in our life is an appointed time that God wants to do an appointed purposed thing in us. It is no mistake that you got yourself to church today because I believe that there is an appointed time for you right now where God is saying, I want to do something of purpose in you and through you in this new year. And more than that, as a church, we are experiencing a decade of one church posme this year we are stepping into year 10 and I'm excited by that and I'm like is it just I'm excited because like it's double figures and that's a thing or like goodness me I've stuck at something for 10 years like what what is it and I'm like no 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 there's something appointed about this time that God is going to do something new and he's going to do something fresh. So let's see the purpose of the turning of this year. Let's expect fresh vision, fresh focus, fresh further um, in our lives and get excited about what God is going to do through us in this year. Is that OK? Yeah. So at the, the end of last year, um, I crawled into the new year. <laughs> Like I, I was talking to uh, Pastor John about this the other day. I was like, I literally crawled across the line into the new year. I was like, this last year has beat me up. I felt black and blue uh, for lots of different uh, reasons, and I was just like, gosh, I don't know what, I don't know what's ahead for the new year. I can't. I don't. I just feel like empty. I feel wrecked. But at the beginning of this year. I felt totally different I was like there's something like I felt like I was going into the new year strong I felt like I was going into the new year full of faith I've I've got faith for wild adventures this year just sorry plug your seatbelt in I've got faith for wild adventures this year I believe that God is going to do some wild things through us I'm going to keep saying it sorry but um, this year, I, I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. So I went into Christmas. Like, Christmas was exciting, wasn't it? Wasn't it awesome? Um, and um, and then I was like, okay, like, if you don't know, Christmas when you're a mum is busy. And you have lots of different things that are going on. And you make it all really special for two, in my case, two little girls. And so that's the focus. So I knew I was going to be busy. Knew there's going to be lots of family things and all that sort of stuff. So just before Christmas really kicked in I was like okay God where shall I sit with you this Christmas what one thing well I do you want me to read out of your word and sit and focus on this uh Christmas uh, to set me up for the new year um and I don't always remember to do that okay this year I did um and um he said Psalm 23 and I was like what the funeral psalm like do you know what I mean that was that's the one that you uh that you read at funerals and I was like but I feel strong and excited and like I'm ready for a party He's like no 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 Psalm 23 I'm like what like the Vicar of Dibley song the Lord is my shepherd I no nope, just me okay um i was like okay then so i was like right okay psalm 23 is it's a beautiful psalm and we're just going to read it together now and i think charlotte's got it on the screen Liam's sending me sending me more messages through the thing he says get on with it um psalm 23 from verse one the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. of my life and I will dwell in the house of our Lord forever. Good reading everybody. This beautiful psalm is where I've been sat across uh, Christmas and here's the bit I want you to really take away. This is the phrase that I want us to take into the following weeks is this, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. I shall lack nothing. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I want us to make room for the shepherd. I'm believing that at the end of this year, we're going to look back on this year and we're going to be able to say the Lord was my shepherd and I lacked nothing. The Lord was my shepherd and I lacked nothing. And here's a couple of things I think we need to notice uh, to, to, to step into this over the next year. And the first thing is this, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. What does this mean? I think what it means is this, I've abandoned myself to his authority and his leadership. I am, when we were growing up, we used to, like, I feel sorry for young people growing up these days. They have so many rules, don't they? And, like, you have to do risk assessments on things and everything has to be safe and all that sort of stuff. Well, when I was growing up, uh, our youth leaders, who also happened to be my parents, used to take us to the woods when it was dark in the country, so there's no street lights and stuff, so it's properly dark. And on this particular occasion, they got different groups of people together. They tied us together, right? Do you all remember this? You know what I'm gonna say. They tied us together, um, and it was like a jailbird run, okay? So we were all joined together, and they were like, you've got to get to the, the appointed place, um, and um, you have to go as a team. So it's pitch black, we we're all tied together, And, of course, the person at the front was like a 14-year-old boy who was like, we must win at every cost. And I'll never forget this. I think I was at the back and you were in the middle. Uh, And... uh, and basically it was like right it was scary so everybody's a bit like over like edgy and stuff because it's like really dark and like we're in the woods and it's exciting and we're all tight together and it's wild and and so this these boys basically just set off right and they are start dragging us along they're going like full pelt to try and make it to the destination uh, and then it, we're going off all over the place and then all of a sudden I hear these like screams because the boys have jumped down it, what is basically like a short cliff and but some people were like went went round one tree and some people went round the other tree and so Amy's like Amy was dangling off the edge of this cliff and just hanging there over the edge right and um and we were like guys this is not working this is we're never gonna get anywhere and someone's gonna die like it was like and that's why they brought in risk assessments and um but the point is this who is leading you matters. Right. Who's leading matters. It's not who you're tied to, it's not who you're with. It's who's leading in that moment really really matters. We didn't need a 14-year-old boy who had the desire to win at all costs leading us in that moment. What we needed was a shepherd. We had to reconfigure our team because we realised what we needed was a shepherd. who was going to take care of the people that they were bringing along the journey. Because if one wasn't there, no one was there. And I believe that in this moment, what we need to do is tie ourselves to the good shepherd. <laughs> We need to tie ourselves to the the good authority in our life, the good shepherd, the Lord of our lives. That's the reason why we call him Lord is because we are saying we submit our authority over our life. We submit our authority to your authority. That doesn't mean that you like stop engaging your brain. and your will, and your emotions. No, 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 no. It's just like I am yielding myself to your authority, God. And I believe that this is a year where God is going to redeem the role of the shepherd. I believe that... Maybe some of us have, have had um, authority principled to us in a really um, negative way and we've, we've been misled and we've been misunderstood and we've been mismanaged and God is saying, but I am the good shepherd. And where shepherds have let you down in the past, I'm believing that God is saying, I am the good shepherd and I'm going to represent, I'm going to redeem the view of a, a, a good shepherd. Because this is what a good shepherd does. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. You see, the thing is this. sheep don't worry about if there will be something to eat. They just stay close to the shepherd. And there's always food. You see, sheep, they don't need a plan for the predators that will face them. They just stay close to the shepherd because it's him who is in control. You see, our role is really simple. Stay hungry and stay close to the shepherd. Stay hungry and stay close to the shepherd. And we're going we're to fast in February. That will all come up. But like, there's something about us making ourselves physically hungry that makes us hunger after God again see Jesus even did that didn't he when he was taken into the desert there's this beautiful verse and it says Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry (laughs) why do we think hunger is a negative thing God wants his church hungry if you feel a delay in the response for the promise that you've asked be hungry be hungry hunger after him the trouble is is we don't like to be hungry and we don't like to follow do we very naughty sheep we don't like to be hungry and we don't like to follow but this brings me on to the second thing is this I will lack nothing number two I will lack nothing You see, you have this brilliant opening statement where it's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I will have everything. That's really exciting, isn't it? And then in the next few verses, we have these like parallel experiences next to one another. There's these good things in not great settings. So it says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies so I walk in through the darkest valley but I will fear no evil for you are with me Your rod and your staff that sounds uncomfortable in other words the the um shepherd is like come on this way Hitting you across, making sure you're on the right path. That sounds like, oh, discipline. Nobody likes discipline. That's uncomfortable. But then it's saying his rod and his staff will comfort me. And then it says, in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of all the things that will rally against you, all the difficulty that will come against you, there he lays a table for me how wild is that we have these parallel experiences you see in our understanding we think when he's saying I'm the good shepherd and I you will lack nothing what we think is our whole life will be hunky-dory and it'll all be okay but I think we need to be smarter than that we need to be maturer than that in our faith that I'm not going to give you my praise because everything works out I'm not going to give you my attention because I've got my life well organised right now. No, no, no. We, we need to step beyond that to knowing that if he is the shepherd, wherever I find myself, even if I'm in the darkest valley... I will fear no evil why because he is with me he is the comfort for me in the discipline that I know I need he is all of these things he prepares a table for me I am feasting in the face of my enemies that's what God invites us into and we need to understand that he is the prize All the material things that I do need in my life are not the prize. He will take care of them. I have full faith for that. He is the prize. Getting it right, getting all my ducks in a row, being a good person, whatever they are, is not the goal. The goal is Jesus and everything that he is. Can we shake off this religious attitude that I have to do all the right things? No, you don't. You just have to stay close, tucked in behind the shepherd who will lead you all the days of your life. We can see the valley or we can see the one who's with you. We can experience his discipline and find comfort in his protection. We can fear the enemy or we can feast With the Father. He's the prize. I love the fact that it says for his namesake. His namesake is the goal. His anointing is the way. The third thing is this. And maybe if John and Ames can join me that would be great. The third thing is this. I love the fact that it says my shepherd. The Lord is... My shepherd. Not their shepherd. Not his shepherd and her shepherd. Not our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes, amen. You know, the, the truth is this God is going to lead us where we need to go. He's going to lead this church into miracles and opportunities and joyful moments and incredible things in this next year. But in this moment, at the start of this year, we're not going to rely on where the shepherd's going to take us collectively and corporately. In this moment, he's saying, the Lord is my Shepherd. When we turn up together, knowing that all week he's been my shepherd, and he's still my shepherd, and then collectively this wonderful thing happens on Sunday mornings, doesn't it? Where it's like he's the Lord is my shepherd, and now he's our shepherd. But it's so personal. He's so present love that Jesus always talks about being himself, referring to himself, being the good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do? He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And I just feel like God is saying, I don't want to be our shepherd to you. I don't want to be their shepherd to you. I want you to be able to get to the end of this year and say, he's my shepherd. Allowing him to come close enough to see the blemishes on your life. The uh, thoughts and the feelings and the actions and the stuff and the fears that you'd rather he didn't see if he stays at arm's length. You know, my kids will often come and like, coach in and have a cuddle, and then they'll go, Oof, mummy, is that a new wrinkle? <laughs> or they'll say, Oh, mummy, you're spotty. And I'm like, Yes, I know. Poor mummy. But they can only say that, well, maybe not the spotty one, the wrinkle one. They can only say because they get close enough. And the thing is, is none of us want Jesus to come and sit on our lap and say, Oh, there's a wrinkle there. But here's the thing. He loves you warts and all? Let me tell you, sheep stink. I grew up in the country. They get maggots all over them. They're a nightmare to look after. But Jesus is like... I want to get close enough for you to be able to say, that's my shepherd. I know the shepherd's voice. I know when he's in the room. I know when he's speaking. I know when he's walking. I know when he's moving. And I don't want to be where he's not. So if I like the place I am right now, but he's moving over there, guess what I'm going to do? I'm following the shepherd this year. Because it's not about me making the shepherd be where I need him to be no, 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 like I'm going where the shepherd wants to go this year. I'm going to walk. I'm going to move out of my place of comfort. I'm going to move out of my place of, this is where I, hey, shepherd, over here. All the sheep fancy going this way. He's like, no, 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 I'm going this way. And he's inviting us to walk with him into the things that he is calling us into this year. The Lord is my shepherd. I allow him to take care of the steps and the details of my life, guess what? I get to the end of myself and discover I have all that I need. When my bank account is less than empty, he's all that I need. Because guess what? He's got a rod and a staff and he'll say, would you sort that out, please? (laughs) He's all that I need. His grace is sufficient for me. His love is enough. I don't need another human being to fill that void. His love is enough for me. I will make room for the shepherd. I'm pretty sure that if we end 2024 being able to say that he is my shepherd, then... I'm sure there's nothing else that I'll want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we can make plans and we can make decisions, we can make goals, we can not make goals, whatever it is, but making him the desire of your year will lead you to a place of being able to say I lack nothing why don't we pray and then we're going to sing this song as a response just set your hearts right now make a decision to make room for the shepherd Jesus say this as a prayer on behalf of all of us. You allow it to be your prayer too as you amen it, as we sing at the end. God, you are my shepherd and I lack nothing. You make me to lie down in green pastures and you lead me beside still waters. You refresh my soul. You guide me along the right paths for your name's sake, not mine. And even if I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God, this year I allow your rod and your staff to comfort me in your discipline. God, I thank you that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God, I ask you to anoint my head with oil. In other words, God, I ask your spirit to come and fill me with your power and your healing so that my cup overflows with joy and peace and strength. God, it is my good confession today that surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God, I make the choice that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We just thank you that you are a good shepherd and we choose in this season to make room for you. And if you resonate with the words that we've spoken this morning and you wanna make room for Jesus, why don't you stand to your feet right now and we're gonna sing this song as a response make room for the shepherd.